Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderbilt, your host today. Welcome back to our, our series on uh, all things tech and uh, we've been speaking with uh, Martine Oglethorpe over the last couple of sessions and it's my great pleasure to welcome back Martine Oglethorpe to talk to us today um, about banning tech. Um, so Martine, before we jump into that, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes, my name's uh, Martine Oglethorpe and I have a, a blog and website, themodernparent.net. Um, I'm an uh, online safety and digital wellbeing expert and uh, accredited by the Office of the Safety Commission of Australia. And I spend a lot of my time working in schools with um, presenting to students and uh, teachers and, and, of course, parents as well in helping them all uh, safely and, and smartly navigate the online world and uh, get everybody on the same page. And um, I also am mother to, to five children, aged 7 to uh, 18, so I have plenty of personal experience uh, and a few guinea pigs at home as well. <laughs> yeah. So, Martina, this is going to be really interesting because you're going to be have both your professional hat and your, and your, mum, your mum hat on as well. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> there's been a lot of talk um, in the media and, and within schools and, and uh, the community generally about banning mobile phones or banning smartphones, particularly at school. So, I mean, what I'm really keen to hear about your opinion of, of that is, is there a value in actually banning them? And then how effective would that really be, do you think? It's a really, it's a, it is a really tricky, um, a tricky idea of this banning. And I guess the reasons that people or that schools have given for wanting to ban is that they, um, they see them as a distraction. Uh, they see them that, that children are not focusing properly. Um, and that, and I've even heard some reports that they see uh, that this uh, gives them a warped sense of reality. Now, I guess on the flip side of that is that this is a new reality. Um, so it is; they are very much here to stay. Now, in saying that, I I don't believe that they are necessary at a primary school level. Um, in terms of, you know, I mean, look, a lot of kids don't have them at primary school level. Although increasingly, we're seeing around that grade five, six um, having the, the personal phones on them. But most kids at that age are still fine to be handing them into the office. Um, they have their iPads and all of those other sorts of things that they use um, and sometimes they're, they're loaned from the school. So they have all those other sorts of tech available to them. But I think once we're getting into that secondary uh, secondary school uh, area, it's it does become a little bit trickier because these phones are very much part of their lives and um, they will be part of their lives going forward. And I think we need to probably look at some ways that we can manage them um, and because they are they are using devices of some sort at school all day and most of the devices they are using at school uh, can do all of the sorts of functions that a phone can do. Um, so, you know, even on your iPads, you can still talk to people, you can still message people, we can still FaceTime, we can still do all of those sorts of things and we still have access to the online world. Um, admittedly, some might have filters and all those sorts of things on them, but um, I think by the time we're getting to uh, to those secondary uh, years, it does get a little bit trickier and 
even not even to you know look at the logistics of trying to ban these um, phones, uh, you know, and and who is going to is everyone going to hand them in, or are they going to say they don't own one? You know, there's all those sorts of problems as well um, that, schools, that schools are facing. So it's it is a, it is a tricky it is a tricky one, but I think we have to look at other ways of managing the tech, particularly when we get to that secondary level, um, because you know it's. They aren't going anywhere and, and our kids do need to learn to use them in a work environment. Um, and, you know, I think they are not just phones either. They do provide other other things for the kids. They do provide them with some with those resources and you know, there could be a dictionary, they could be a map, they could be uh, novels and resources. A lot of, you know, they could be creating songs on GarageBand with them. They are still using them um, as tools in the classroom as well. Um, and I guess they're also kind of a relatively cheap option for, you know, if they've already got them too. It's not buying a lot of those extra extra things as well mm. i think um, you know some some people talk about the you know in the uh, playgrounds as well that they're not providing you know that kids aren't talking to each other uh, i do i do think that there's probably an element of that but i also think that, there, that there's a, there's a lot of kids that manage their phones fine at school um i know for example my own child today wouldn't let me make an appointment for him at lunchtime because there's a big down ball competition that they play every day so i know that they're not using their phones at lunchtime and i know that there's a basketball tournament that goes on most recess and things like that so i think we sometimes overplay that Kids aren't talking to each other. If you walk around school school grounds, there, there are still kids engaging. Maybe they have their phones on them, but maybe they might be showing each other things on their phones as well and talking about that. There's not a lot of that isolated play going on. Yeah, mm. that's really interesting because I'm kind of torn because I've you know having been a teacher, I I know particularly that there are a lot of apps and and uh, and uh, ways that uh, mobile devices and technology could certainly be used productively in a classroom but I but I did and so I, I feel quite um I suppose sad when I hear the discussion saying we're going to ban them you know just completely ban them and they've got to hand them in or they're allowed to bring them and all the punitive things um that go go along with enforcing that but I did see today on Facebook a, a teacher um in the US had actually put up a huge piece of uh, butcher's paper and asked all of her class to keep their phones on and every time they got an alert during the day for whatever app it was, there was a message, a Snapchat, a, an email, a whatever it was, they had to come up or message and they had to come up and put a tally on the on the on the uh, on the butcher's paper underneath the, the relevant app. And by the end of the day, this chart was just filled <laughs> filled with it, you know, this count of all of these distractions uh, and interruptions that had happened during the day. So, um, you know, when you look at it like that, you think, oh, gosh, you know, there's a there's a case for, you know, Absolutely. for control. Absolutely. And I do think there is a case for both. I just think it's going to be hard going forward to um, to enforce that. But also I do think for all of us we need to be managing our, our life online and we even you know for adults I think if we did the same thing we would have a, a butcher's paper full as well even for those of us that work at home I know if I did the same thing I could possibly have that as well because it is about us learning to be more mindful and more intentional with our our device use as well so um I don't think this is, you know, something that's just happening in schools. It's certainly happening in the workplace as well and we can't expect people to hand in their phones when they work, walk in the office um, in the morning either. And so I think, you know, 
I think because society we need to we do need to learn to be a lot more mindful um, of our of our devices, which is why a lot of my work now is, tends to to fall into that realm of this digital well being and how can I use my device in ways that are not distracting me that are, are giving me um, uh, you know more productive means and that are. Uh, you know, also looking after my well, my social and emotional well-being as well. So all of those things we have to do a lot more work on, um, so that we're not answerable to those pings and those notifications every moment. That we are hopefully turning them off um, in times when we have to work, um, and it's just becoming uh, more aware of those things. So exercises like that can be great to let kids know and adults know of, of just how much time where we are being distracted by them because we know we can't multitask and so when we do leave uh, for example a, a moment of study or a piece of writing to go and answer a snapchat we are losing valuable time and brain power because it takes time to move to that task and then move back again um, and that again is the same for all of us so I would like to see that sort of teaching come into play if we're going to allow these devices um, on us and on our kids all of the time this is where we need to be focusing on that really mindful use of tech and looking at how can I incorporate it into my day in a way that's not distracting that I can manage it and that when I am using it I'm using it for, for good now that's not to say we're not going to be you know, scrolling our social media feeds and answering our friends and all those sorts of things, but trying to manage that time and, and do it in um, in ways that aren't interfering with what we're doing at hand. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I, I sort of laugh when people sort of talk about, you know, talk about it as I say, look, you know, multitasking is not a 21st century skill, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, no. it doesn't feature. So, no. Martine, advice for parents then who might be torn between wanting their children to have the tech for convenience, <clears throat> convenience and also, you know, that, that safety element that they might feel they need to not be able to be in touch with their child if they're travelling or whatever yeah. the case might be. And then also that need that the need to support the school community's decision to control or ban, yeah. you know, whatever whatever the school's requirement is. Yeah. Well, I think this is just no different to any other school rules that schools have. And if you decide on sending a child to a certain school, like you know, I guess you are very much, you know, um, you know, un under what they decide. And I think when it comes to technology and, and contacting, most schools will make it very clear that you can contact your child via the office, and we will get a message to them. Um, most will be fine with the child having the device on the way to school and the way home from school. So I guess we're covering off the fact that if there's an emergency, your child is still contactable. If you need to contact your child, you either can do it on their way to school, on their way home, or via the via the office. So I think it's not. Um, I think you know, if that's the decision that the school's made, then um, I think certainly from a, a contact and safety point of view, the the child is going to be fine as as they always have. Um, I think it's just more whether you have this, uh, I guess, more of a philosophical um, stance about them having the device and what is the difference between them having their phone and their iPad. That might be something that, that you can take up with the school in another way. Um, so uh, we've talked, you've talked a little bit about this, but I think the next um, sort of obvious step in our conversation is about what sort of modelling strategies can parents use at home with their children about a more responsible and reasonable use of technology? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think obviously, you know, we are our, our children's greatest role models and children will do largely what they see over you know, what we, we 
constantly telling and harping onto them about. So what they see is also very much what they will model. But I think it's um, important that with us being more mindful of our tech use, um, so, for example, my kids know that I work from home, so technology is very much part of my day-to-day life and so my emails come through my phone, all of those sorts of things. But I have had to become, I guess, more mindful of how, how and when I answer those emails. Um, if they're having a conversation with me and one comes through, I don't um, stop that conversation and, and turn to the phone. Um, when my friends come over, I make sure that they see that I give them my, you know, my full attention. Um, I give them, my children, their full attention as well. Um, and I also think, you know, um, I know Dev- Devorah Hetner in um, the state. she talked about doing a, um, a task with some students, which she often does, where she says to them, you know, here's, here's an app that you can create, any app that you want to create, let's make apps. And she says every single time she does this task, there'll be a group of kids that create an app that turns mum or dad's phone off. Wow. So I think that highlights to us that they see that the role that it plays um, in parents' lives and so we have to make sure that, you know, that we're making sure that we're giving them that attention when needed because obviously that would only come about because they feel like they're not getting that attention um, or they're being ignored because of a device. So I think we certainly have to have that in mind. It's not to say we can't use it in front of them, but I think also you can, particularly when our kids are younger, you can talk to them about what you're doing with their phone, with your phone so let them know that it is something that, um, you know, has a means to it. So it might be, you know, now where I'm just looking up um, a recipe to make dinner tonight, um, you know, can you help me go and get the ingredients so that they realise that it's a tool for many things. Um, it's not just something that we're using, uh, I guess, more idly um, and have those conversations. And I guess having our own rules, you know, I always say to, to parents, you know, have that time at the dinner table where there's no devices um, because, that's a time, eh, when your kids might, you know, actually open up and, and relax and, 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 you know, have that time. That's when I know I get most of the conversation out of my kids is is at the dinner table where we just have no devices. It's always been a rule and it always will be. And hopefully that's also setting them up for the times when they go out with their friends and they don't have to be reaching for their phone all the time at a dinner table or, or when they're out to dinner. Um, and it makes it, puts that importance back on eating and, and food and, and conversation and all connection um, that happens without a device. So having those sorts of rules, um, not looking at it, you know, before they go to bed, all of those sorts of things um, and trying to mirror those yourself. I know that gets very tricky, um, but certainly trying to mirror the behaviours that we want to see, you know, in them. So, um, yeah, just being mindful, I guess, of, of how we're using it ourselves. Yeah, so just good parenting, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.